Welcome to A Whole Load of Property, Business, and Mindset, a podcast bringing together like-minded people who have an interest in all things business, property investing, and personal development, no matter what stage of your journey you're at. And now, here's your host, Dan Cooper. I just wanted to do a mini-series. So this is a mini-series that I'm going to be focusing on commercial to residential. Now, the reason I've decided to do this is because I am carrying out a commercial to residential conversion. Um, It's myself and my business partner's first one um, that we've set up a new SPV in order to carry this out. So I thought it'd be quite a good opportunity to um, provide, you know, the listeners or you guys who are listening, um, you know, some insight into the the property or, or the process within the commercial to residential so the mini series is going to be about you know um, the stages that we've had to go through what's been involved so you know from instructing architects to instigating consultants and the sort of planning process around this Um, and this is something that I want to do throughout the full process and the reason being is you know things always change along the way Um, it's something that you know we are going into head first or feet first um, and it's going to be a great project. We can't wait for the uh, the result. But, you know, we're still learning as we go. There's many things that we've already learned that we weren't sure of. So I think if, you know, throughout this mini-series, I'll be able to give some value on this commercial to residential project. Hopefully it helps many of you who are looking at doing something the same. So throughout the mini-series, there'll be things focusing on permitted development. So what is permitted development? We'll be looking at, you know, the professionals that are required, why you need them, um... You know, things such as uh, refurb costs, what's taken into consideration, um, surveys, you know, all of these sort of things, um, build costs, you know, materials have been going up lately. So there's there's many different steps throughout and, you know, some of them I might not even be aware yet because we haven't encountered them, but it's definitely something that um, I'll discuss. And I'll do some video content as well and try to get some videos um, to match up with the podcast episodes just so people can visualise and understand fully what what it is I'll be doing or what it is we are doing. You know, I'm not a, an expert in this field, so what I will say is um, a lot of the information that I'm providing is from my own research, working with consultants, um, and it's, you know, it is stuff we are doing. So I'm not coming from a, a position of being an expert, but um, I've actually been doing a commercial real estate master's where a lot of this sort of has synergies and falls into place around the research. You know, I, we are doing the conversion. We are having engaged consultants. So, you know, I'm not out there to be criticised if anyone has a challenges or feedbacks, and that's fine. Welcome, open discussion. Um, but, you know, I just want to provide everyone an insight into what we're doing and what we're experiencing. So if it's something you're interested in, then, you know, like, subscribe, tune in, um, and hopefully that you do enjoy the series. But leave feedback if it is something that, you know, you are really interested in or you want to find out some more information on the project or or get some tips and tricks, then feel free to drop me a message. All my details are always in the show notes. So um, like I say, feel free to to get involved and get in touch. So today's episode, the focus is going to be on permitted development. Now, this is something that has probably been um, thrown around a lot more recently, and there's many reasons for that. But permitted development isn't a new thing. you know, and I, like I said, I'll touch on permitted development in the instance of doing this conversion. Um, 
but you know I guess understanding what is p- permitted development and why is um, permitted development important in commercial to residential conversions just to give a bit of a context on permitted development and why the legislation has changed and I will touch on that in a minute so um, as many people are probably aware there is a housing crisis or a housing shortage within the United Kingdom um, and in order to sort of meet this demand or to mitigate or some of the losses um, obviously the government have a huge focus in building new homes now one of the key ways of doing that is obviously using existing buildings whether it is commercial we all understand how the high street is and the commercial market at the moment um, and converting that them into residential so There was a strategic focus for meeting the demand in housing um, and one way of doing this was relaxing the planning rules and amending the change in use classes and this happened in 2020. So without going to too much into regulations, you know, the town and country planning, um, there's a use class amendment for 2020. So basically what this has done is it's detailed changes on the changing classes and I'll touch on what use classes are in a minute um, for the benefit of these so-called permitted development rights. Um, so basically what that means is because they've amended the use classes um, it doesn't mean that well it means that in many instances you don't have to undergo a full planning application or full planning or to gain full planning permission um, with your local authority now you know this is hugely beneficial for investors and large property developers especially when focusing on you know projects such as your commercial projects so these might be you know your class b1 offices two residential dwellings which many people investors will know that uh, you know that's class c3 there are still some limitations so i'll touch on the limitations as well but um you know the benefit of of the permitted development is the fact that you know it provides a lot more certainty for developers and the local authorities um in order for people to achieve development so I've mentioned the term um, change of use and use classes. So a use class is essentially a categorization of a um, type of property or property class. So, you know, you've got, for example, um, or formerly retail shops were class A1. Um, you know, financial and professional services were, were formerly A2. I've touched on C3 being residential, C4 being HMO. Um, so that gives you an idea of the use class. So why is this important? So in 2020, a new use class, E, was actually formed. So um, it was essentially sort of an effort to support the high street. Um, Like I touched on, you know, it's been in a decline for a number of years. um, And it's basically categorised a lot of the existing or the former classes into the one class called E. Um, So basically what this new permitted development rights which falls under um, class MA rights. So I know there's a lot of class E's, MA's, etc. going around. Um, but what that ultimately means is anything that now falls into the new use class E, and you can find information in this online, can be converted into residential dwe- uh, dwellings without a full planning application. So that is what we've used for, for our project here in Hull. Um, and the good thing about this is, you know, there's many people out there who can probably say that their planning application has taken, you know, one month, two months, three years, five years. Under Class MA, or, or sorry, the, the permitted development, um, the council, the local authority have 56 days in order to give you a response. So obviously that means that you have certainty on when you receive a, an answer. Um, but as well as that, within the 56 days, if they do not respond to you or ask for an extension within them 56 days, what that ultimately means, sorry, on the 56th day, what that means is you can take it 
um, the fact that you know by um, by them not responding that it's it's being granted so you can go ahead and carry on on day 57 with your permitted development I also touched on um, the fact that there are some limitations within the permitted development so some of the restrictions are um, the building has been vacant for a continuous period of at least three months immediately prior to the date of application for prior approval um, so it needs to be vacant for over three months um, but it has to have been in use as offices or its or its current use or the use it was um, for at least two years uh, and there is also a, a space standard so permitted development is for floor space of a commercial property below 1500 meters squared now that doesn't mean that you can't actually um, do permitted development on on buildings over this but anything over this 1500 you will need to apply for planning planning permission um, just something that we've done on our, our our project we need to put in velux and change the windows um, on the on the front aspect or the front elevation of the property but what we've actually decided to do is submit an application under permitted development so we don't actually have to do any of them changes just so it satisfies the permitted development and once it's been approved which it has done it was approved earlier this month once it's actually approved then we can go through a planning process because then obviously the planning is a more rigorous process um, and if we went through everything on the planning the whole development might have been um, rejected but the fact is because we've gone through on permitted development they had no reason to oppose it um, so what that means is now we're going to go through and do separate planning applications um, on on the the windows and the velixes that we need to install but we've already got the development granted so that's a little tip as well as the limitations there are many other things that you need to take into consideration which you will be guided on if you was to use a planning consultant like we did they obviously do a lot of the legwork for you and do the planning statements to subject uh, submit to the council as well as that the architect will also help um, when doing the drawings for example um, there are national minimum space standards so for studio apartments i think it's 37 uh, meters squared if you're having a shower but if you have a bath it's for 39 meters squared one bed flat i think around 51 meters squared so these can be found online it's a national amenity standard um, the reason for this was to stop landlords basically um, and investors developers uh, developing property because um, you might see a lot of flats around 30 meters squared and that's very very small um, so this was brought in to combat that so as well as the limitations, um, that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. So our five uh, studio apartments range from 37 and a half um, to um, around 47 and a half. So there is a bit of a difference. But some of the challenges that we have faced on this development, um, which we didn't foresee, um, because the building already had free parking spaces, one thing that you really need to make sure is that if it's outside of the town centre, parking is key. Um, because this is something that they will throw at you. Um, they've check your local authority sustainable development plans. Um, we're doing five apartments and there's only two parking spaces, but because it's in um, close to a town centre, close to transport links, train station, bus stops, local, uh, you know, less than a hundred metres to co-ops and and a little small town centre or. Um, you know we don't need five spaces for five apartments due to the sustainable sustainable development plan now one of the key things here is the fact that um, local authorities are pushing the local plan and you know they will have a local plan or strategy doc uh, document for sustainability so 
you know, um, the council I'm using is the East Riding Local Council. So a, a document was published in 2016, um, but policy S1 is presumption in favour of sustainable development. Now I'm telling you this because it will it will definitely help, and it forms under part of the uh, MPPF, which is like the National um, Planning Policy. So this is a framework. It is a long document. Head over, read it if it's something that you want to do. Um, but you know, a lot of these documents that the government publish. You can also use to your advantage um, when you provide the council or the local authority with information. Like I said, there are a few challenges that we faced throughout the development, and one of these was around bin store and bike store. So part of the government's uh, framework, as well as you know, they're trying to push sustainable methods of transport, and you know things like cycling, public uh, public transport, etc. So make sure you factor in or there is a suitable space for bike stores and bin storage i said a moment ago the, the the property had three parking spaces we've actually now had to reduce that to two because the bin store for 15 bins so three bins per apartment is actually going to be um, one of the parking spaces so we're going to build over it and then what we've actually had to do is incorporate um bike store within the apartment so each apartment now has like a, a storage unit near the doors um, that actually has the storage for the, for the bikes so that's not something that we wanted to do because obviously we've now lost space but in order to get that passed that is the route we had to take so um, you know you live and you learn it does still uh, fit the criteria you know um, looking at the plans well there is there is a bit of uh, space loss but it's unlikely that five apartments are going to have the bins um, sorry they're going to have the bikes in that area so you know we've done it to appease the plans we're going to build it that way but whether or not people actually use it for that you know that's not down to us so just a, a few points then i think um that are quite vital so when you go through planning obviously a lot of the local authority um and a lot of other departments get involved within within the local authority so you've got things like um highways departments you've got um you know conservation if the property is in a conservation area now that's a whole other thing um but on this you know it's important to take into consideration people still do get notified so we had people challenge the fact that we're going to be turning it into residential and their concerns were around parking um we've got a neighbor who likes to to complain about stuff we asked to buy some more land on them for parking that is redundant for them but they own it but they didn't want to sell it so Although they wanted to reduce the parking concerns, um, we've obviously tried to make it a lot easier um, and obviously provide more room or more space for parking, but they weren't willing to sell. So, um, you know, the building conservation will get involved. Obviously, it goes out in the press in the whole Daily Mail. You still get the notices outside the building, so people can obviously go and um, oppose it if they have a um, a valid claim. And the environmental control, so things need to be taken into consideration from them um, and the highways development management as well. So I'm just opening up one of my um, one of my statements now. So if it loads, I'll just be able to give you a bit of an overview on what the highways um, the highways actually take into consideration, you know, um, as well as the environmental control. So these are the things that you know, albeit it isn't as stringent as the planning process, they do still take you know your proposed plan uh, development into consideration here we are so it's loaded so um on the planning portal there are actually two um highway management uh, highway development management statements and so one of them says that the proposal does not include sufficient car parking space with the private courtyard to serve the five units in accordance with the sustainable transport 
SPD or of the ERLP. Now that's East Riding, um, something in the sustainable uh, plan of development, I think. So they basically says um, the cycle parking shown is impractical. So we actually had to go away um, throughout the 56 days and come up with a, a new solution for this that I've already touched on. Um, so we submitted amending plan, amended plans um, and basically we we showed sufficient bin storage to serve the apartments. Um, obviously we mentioned about the bike store as well and it says that because the site is situated within a highly sustainable town centre near local amenities, commercial properties and services including public transport, this would offset the requirements for additional parking. So, you know, there are many things to take into consideration. So they've um, found it acceptable. So there are no objections from from that in a highway perspective. So there are still things you need to take into consideration, but what I'll do on the next episode is um, go through who we've used, who you need to consult, who you need to bring in um, to obviously help this uh, process along and make sure that you provide um, the correct information. So we'll look at you know the consultants, um, what they do, why they're needed. Um, so if this has been something that is of interest, you know, please uh, feel free to share the information um give me feedback like i said this is something that i'm going to be doing probably for the next six months nine months well actually not nine months because we're hoping it'd be completed by then but around six months um you know with the architect they're doing a full reba one to seven so everything from initial design technical drawings um you know tender packages construction um, engaging with contractors you know so all of this information is going to be shared throughout the mini series um if it is something that you like please let me know um so thanks for listening and if there's any questions you have like i said feel free to reach out thanks for listening to a whole load of property business and mindset make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and if you like the podcast please share it to others in the meantime to connect with dan Follow him on Instagram at DanCooper1992. Until next time.